This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio in London or online at funkidslive.com. Inside Parliament with Montague. With support from the Houses of Parliament. Bayek, that always wakes me up. That's Big Ben, the bell. He's been chiming for over 150 years. <laughs> Youngster, us gargoyles have been here at the Houses of Parliament far longer than that, though. And that's why we know everything about this place. Come on, I'll show you around. <laughs> Clever trick, isn't it? Gargoyles can go anywhere they want, with a bit of gargoyle magic. Well, so long as there's some stone and no one sees us. You'll look out for me, won't you? Great. We're inside the Elizabeth Tower. That's the clock tower here at Parliament. It was given this name in 2012 to mark Queen Elizabeth's Diamond Jubilee. The second Diamond Jubilee we've had here. Queen Victoria's was the first. And Parliament's other tower is called the Victoria Tower just for her. You might remember the Jubilee. Great fun, wasn't it? Wasn't so keen on the bunting. I had a Union flag slung right over my snout, and I couldn't see what was going on, but shouldn't grumble. It's all in a good cause. The Queen is a very important part of what happens here in Parliament, so naming the clock tower after her makes a lot of sense. I know what you're thinking. Isn't the clock tower called Big Ben? Well, some people might call it that, but really Big Ben is just the bell in here. The bit that does the bongs. Big Ben isn't the first bell to sound here in Parliament, though. 700 years ago it were a different bell, in a different tower. Come on, no one's watching. I'll show you myself, but we'll have to be quick. We're back in 1288, over 700 years ago, and the first clock tower is being built on the Palace of Westminster. King Edward I is king, so guess what this bell is called? Great Edward. No surprises there, although some people used to call it Great Tom. I never did find out who Tom was. Oh, well, <laughs> we like giving things a name round here. Edward or Tom? I think they'd have got on well with Big Ben. So, what happened to King Edward's clock tower? Well, I can tell you because these old stones have told us gargoyles the tale. They didn't stay the same for long, though. That much is certain. King Edward's tower was replaced by a new tower in the 14th century. And that one was demolished around 300 years later. The hour bell was broken, melted down, and used to create the hour bell in St. Paul's Cathedral. The tower that was standing in the early part of the 1830s was burned to the ground in the terrible fire that swept through Parliament in 1834. Still, it were a chance to build something new when the job went to a clever architect called Sir Charles Barry. That's him down there ordering everyone about. He designed the new tower. And the building materials were brought from all over the country. Granite from Cornwall, stone from my neck of the woods, that's Yorkshire, and iron from Birmingham. All these pieces were sent down the canals and rivers to the Thames, where they were lifted with winches. It was quite a sight, I can tell you. To see the winches lift the lords aloft, the builders of the clock tower were so clever, they put it all together from the inside, so there wasn't any of that ugly scaffolding on show. Modern builders could learn a thing or two from that. There's the bell. It's a big one, isn't it? Thirteen tons and big as a bus. It's not actually the first bell they made. 
The original bell never made it up the tower. They were testing it down a new palace yard and it cracked. I remember that day well. They had to start again and build a new bell and you should have heard the arguments about whose fault that was. <laughs> and what a job it was when they tried to get the replacement up the tower. It was so big, they had to turn it on its side and it took them a whole day and night. And then you'll never guess what happened. It cracked again and had to be fixed. We'd better move out of the way, it's about to chime. Of course a bell's no good without a clock. And for an important place like Parliament, only the best will do. A competition were held to decide who would build the clock, and whoever won would have to ensure it was so accurate that it was no more than one second out. Ever. Even your modern watches aren't always that good. In the spring of 1859, the clock finally started working. Well, I say working. The first hands on the clock had to be changed too. They just wouldn't move. <laughs> Scargoyles were in stitches. What it was, right? The hands were made of iron, and they were over nine foot long. We could have told them the hands were just too heavy, but no one asked us. They figured it out for themselves in the end, and put lighter ones made of copper on. <sighs> this is my favourite place at Parliament. Here on the outside of the clock faces, high above the London streets. The proper word for clock faces is dials, and each of these is seven metres wide. That's as big as a house. They're covered in a mosaic of pot opal glass and all sorts of intricate carvings. All thanks to Charles Barry's friend and helper, Augustus Bugin. He loved making things fancy. They make the Elizabeth Tower one of the most recognisable landmarks in London. Just look at all the tourists down there. Hey, oh, talking to tourists, I think I better get back to my post before I'm seen. If anyone asks, you definitely haven't seen a talking gargoyle. Pop in again soon, though, because there's just so much more to show you inside Parliament. Inside Parliament with Montague the Gargoyle. With support from the Houses of Parliament. Find out more about the Houses of Parliament online on the Fun Kids website, www.funkidslive.com. So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio in London or online at funkidslive.com. I'm James Stewart, and in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi, James. I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. (laughs) This is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts.